0: Alrighty. Uh let's just do it. Welcome back. Uh, another edition of Judge Buds episode something. We gotta be uh, around 40 by now, but again, truth be told, couldn't tell you. Um, so today's not Tuesday when you're listening to this. Uh, I am recording on we- Wednesday the 27th. Um, so I technically didn't forget to podcast this week. So um you know last week i talked about getting better about you know posting one every week uh well actually sorry recording one every week isha posted i don't do shit um if you follow me on twitter you saw that i had a little bit of a uh little bit of a mishap off the ice a little scare with the dog so that stopped me from recording uh stopped me from doing the podcast uh he is okay everybody sent a lot of people sent well wishes, check it in, I appreciate it. That old bastard, he's resilient. Uh we thought kind of dark, but we thought that was going to be it. Had to bring the ER, the doggy ER and uh old boy pulled through and he's back to normal pretty much. I mean, he's not normal in general, but he is back to whatever his normal is. Uh but that's why I didn't uh, get one out um, earlier than this. Now that being said, um We are making a couple changes at the soda pod. I'm hoping I'm able to say that if not, this will be the first time Isha actually has to cut something out. Um, I am going to probably start recording on a different day. So still one every week. Um, but I'm looking at doing these on Wednesdays and probably dropping on Thursday. I don't know if that's going to work out with the lineup. We've, I'll let Isha and Hoppy decide, but I'm going to have to start doing these on days that I am not in the office um, because by the time I get home, I'm dead and the quality is just dying. So, um work's been crazy. So, again, when I'm in the office and I have to go home after, or I have to you know, drive all the way back here afterwards, uh, it's always super late and I end up either rushing it or I'm just in no state of mind to actually produce a good podcast. So I'm thinking if we start doing this Wednesday, drop it on Thursday or, you know, Thursday, drop Friday or something, whenever I'm at least working remotely, um, it'll just be better. Like I already feel better doing this right now than I would have on uh Monday is when I used to record or might still for a couple more times but um i already feel better doing this right now so that being said uh be on to look out for that um i'm not sure if it'll start next week i'll have to talk to hoppy and isha but um that's just a change moving forward so uh so think about that or not think about that keep that in mind um so i am also a little bit pressed for time so obviously there's a lot of stuff that's been going on um i know last week i talked about the uh, first rounders um ugrin and yurov i said i'd talk about the second round this week and obviously the Hovinov news he gets put on unconditional waivers he's gone i think he actually just signed in akbars back in the khl um obviously we should talk about that um and you know other than that we'll see what happens with the roster as we inch closer towards camp uh there are a couple announcements about guys on the world juniors team the holinka um you know those tournaments are coming up here so this should be a good summer with that that being said like i said i'm pressed for time so we're gonna do a quick mailbag i'm gonna go for about 30 minutes i picked i think five or so questions um to jump on. And then for next week, I will do a full episode and get to all of the questions that I missed as well as any other questions that come in before then. So if you're listening to this and I don't answer the question that you had sent in over the last week or so, don't worry, I'm not deleting them. Um, and then as along with that, if you have more um, you know, questions that you think of again, feel free to send them in. Um, the, I always, I always, enjoy when i have lots of questions i prefer doing the mailbag in general just because like i said before it keeps me like focused and gives me a plan to like gives me something to talk about like something that i didn't necessarily think of because when it's just me y'all know i don't script and y'all know i go on tangents and i just start talking by myself which is why i probably go so long so uh the more questions the better but we got a couple questions here that I'll get to. I'll spend a good time on most of them. Only one, I think is a quick, quick answer, but, um, and then I'll get to the rest next episode, answer any additional questions, keep talking about some draft stuff and, uh, the Hovinov Hovenov news. But, um, so that's what we're going to do. So with that being said, let's just get right into it. First question from my guy, Cooch Williams, still a ridiculous name, a uh, question for next week's pod this week. Uh, is Boldy still considered to be in our prospect pool? Um, no. So I think there are probably a couple different ways that people define prospects for me personally. Once a player makes the roster full time and he clearly not getting sent back down, like, you know, Boldy is here to stay. Uh, that was evident from day one when he literally scored first game, uh, and finished eighth in the caller. Um, So no, he did not. He's not necessarily considered for or considered to be a prospect. Again, for me, once you make the full time squad um, and the only time you'll ever go down is just for, you know, sometimes guys go down for they return from injury and need to get a little warm up game or, um, you know, whatever. Once you're on the team full-time, you are not a prospect. It's the same thing with Connor Dewar. Even when he got sent down briefly again, um, I didn't really consider him to be a prospect anymore. He's obviously a full-time NHL guy. Same with Boldy. Um, and let's say Marco Rossi makes a team out of camp. If he doesn't go down after however many games, um, it'll be pretty obvious that you know he'll be a full-time NHL player and then he's no longer a prospect either. So that's just how I define it. Sometimes I know there are other people who have it a little bit differently. Like Kalen Addison hasn't made it full-time in the NHL yet so he's still a prospect in my eyes even though he's been you know he got games before Boldy did um, I still consider Kalen Addison a prospect because he hasn't made the, the full-time roster yet so Boldy no Addison yes do or no we'll see about guys like Rossi Beckman um, and I guess Addison uh, after camp and we'll see who sticks around but full-time NHL guy not a prospect anymore Uh, next question comes from Alex Uh, why do people always talk about Kalen Addison as if he's tiny he's five foot eleven that's not big but also only one inch shorter than Dumba and the same size as Kale McCarr for example does he play like a smaller player or is this just a misconception because his size starts with a five it is the latter it also drives me nuts you're preaching the choir brother um it is always so comical to me that you know, you see a guy who's six foot and like, oh, it's got decent size. And then, you know, a kid that's five eleven, like you said, because it starts with a five, you're like, oh, he's just tiny, small, undersized defenseman. Even if he's like five eleven and a half. And I I'll tell you what, I bet I would put a lot of money on a lot of guys who are listed at six foot exactly in the NHL being five foot eleven. And so yeah. He, first of all, he does not play small. If you've seen him play, he throws big hits. He likes to fight sometimes, too. He's a little spark plug out there, and he's got uh, quite the attitude. Sometimes he got a little bit too short of a wick. Uh, I think part of that last year, some of those undisciplined penalties just came from playing on the Iowa Wild, the most undisciplined hockey team on the planet. Um, but, yeah, he's not tiny. Like, he's not a tiny defenseman um it does as soon as your your height starts with a five people consider you small undersized whatever but he clearly is not and he doesn't play like it either um that being said he's incredibly mobile so even if you want to call him an undersized defenseman so like a lot of guys who aren't six feet in that it does tend to be the barometer and hey let's be honest like most defensemen who find success are six feet or, or bigger um and are able to play a certain way but guys who are undersized, you have to have a couple other things up your sleeve, too, that are, you're better, that you rank at least above average with in, in the NHL. And One of those is skating, and Kalen Addison is an excellent skater. Um, lateral, north-south, doesn't matter. Uh, forwards, backwards, he's just an incredible skater. So if you want to say that the size is an issue, um, I'll take the skill, I'll take the skating, and I do think he's a very smart hockey player. So I think that overcomes any quote-unquote size issue you might have with him. But yeah, you're right. It is very weird. People say that shit all the time. And like Dumba throws these massive bone crushing hits, but no one calls him small. Um, So and and again, Kale McCarr, same size. Now Kale McCarr is just a whole other animal. So that's why he probably gets that pass there, and no one really talks about the size because it doesn't come up whatsoever. uh, Because he is just like a top ten player in the National Hockey League, maybe even top five. Uh, But uh, yeah, the whole a guy that's under six foot being undersized automatically thing drives me nuts too. Like I said, bro, you're preaching to the choir because he, again, he does not play small. Anyone that's watched him for an extended period of time knows this about Kalen Addison. Moving on. Actually, first let's pay the bills. Let's talk about direct. You know what? Just kidding. Fuck draft Kings. Ya pigeons suck on that. We're not even going to talk about them. Fuck them. Fuck draft Kings. Anyways, that was a lot of F-bombs right there. But actually, no, we're not talking about DraftKings. Smell ya. Waggle Golf. That's what we'll do. This is unofficially sponsored by Waggle Golf. They got cool shit. Go buy Waggle Golf. Anyways, <laughs> I'm getting in trouble for that one. Don't care. Bad boy of podcasting. Anyways, Tyler asks, assuming Beckman spends a majority of the year in Iowa, do you think he's over or under 22 goals? That is a very good question. It all depends on how he is used. Now, if you look at that roster right now and the players that they brought in, I mean, even last year, he probably would have projected as a top six wing on that team, but they decided that, you know, they just had to put him middle to bottom six the whole year and didn't really give him a good look. Um, so the guys that they brought in, right. That weren't here last year. Um, Stephen Fogarty, who I actually called months ago. So good for me. Uh, Providence, he was really good in Providence this season, uh, this past season, uh, Nick, Batan, um, who else? Did they, they brought in a couple guys who, you know, they don't even put on like cat friendly or whatever. Um, but it, it kind of depends on how it shakes out. You know, I'm curious to see where some of these other guys slot in, whether like a kid like Sam Hentges is truly going to play center, if he's going to be on the wing, um, you know, Damien Giroux, what the plan is there, but um, it kind of depends what that roster ends up shaking out as if he is a top six forward and he spends majority of the year there and they give him the looks they didn't give him last year. I'm gonna hammer that over that being said it's a very hard league to score a lot of goals in like it's really not easy a lot if you look at like the scoring uh, leaders a lot of them are guys who have played like a couple hundred games in the NHL or have been been around forever been up and down they're the ones that really light up that league it's really hard league for young players to come in and succeed in um, but I will say just lo- watching Adam Beckman the limited opportunity I had during development camp, knowing the type of kid he is and seeing the attitude and he seems like he just had a breath of fresh air like last year there were a lot of times where i don't think he was ever miserable because it's adam beckman but i mean the year drags on and that's a tough team to play on and a tough system and a tough role that he was put in so i do think you know i'm sure the confidence was shot he took like 200 shots last year something like that he was top 10 in shots on goal i think i saw him hit the post 12 times crossbar 12 times um so i mean i'm sure it weighed on and he's a kid that's used to producing so definitely a challenging year for him but he just seemed like he had a new little bit of energy just some new life injected into him i think he's going to be primed and ready to rock this year and i'm actually expecting really big things from adam beckman if you've heard me in the past i was kind of wondering if at some point they were floating different ideas about hey is this a kid we could dangle on a trade he's obviously got a lot of good hype he's got a good uh, reputation around the league but um I've kind of changed my tune on that. I think I know that they love. I I really do think they actually love Adam Beckman. I just thought, you know, I went over this last week, but I thought those comments were so fucking weird after the season uh, when they asked about uh, Adam Beckman. But I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say they put him in a top six role. Um, it'll be tough if Marco Rossi's not there. Obviously, Connor Dewar won't be there centers. But Stephen Fogarty, if that's your first line center, it's not a bad option. He'd probably fit in great with Adam Beckman. They play well together. I'm um, curious to see what Dick Batan does. That kid's kind of a beauty. Um, but it really depends. We'll see who, who ends up playing center. That's like a weird forward group of guys. So, um, But I'm going to hit the over. I'm an Adam Beckman believer. Um, he's going to do it. He's going to score 24 this year. If he stays, who knows? Maybe he'll just make the team, um, which I think he actually might, just given those injuries, at least to start. But if he does spend a majority of the year in the AHL, I'm going to say over, and I'm going to go... Set that over under at 24 and a half. Bang. Cole, I think you have an emoji in there. I think it's Cole Carter. Carson Lambos has been thrusted into your top pairing. Which other wild D-man prospects do you put as his partner? Mm. Extra question. If Lambos wins... <laughs> three plus con smiths or Norris trophies. Could we legally change his name to Carson goat oath? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it's probably not up to us, the whole legality and, and the name thing, but you know what? That's what we'll do. Uh, we'll just put that on his Jersey. Um, so Carson Lambos is the top pair and defenseman so Carson Lambos does a lot of things really well. Um, he's not just all offense. He's not just all defense. He puts up really good points. He's incredibly smart. He skates, pretty well for the most part there's some little things that he's got to work on iron out to become you know an above average skater but you know you look at him right to left especially in the offensive zone it looks amazing and he's actually it's a really good backwards skater i've said this before it's part of the you know, one of the things that makes him such a good defensive defenseman um, is that ability to keep that gap just by, you know, how fast he could skate backwards and how smart he is and how good he is defending with the stick. So it's an interesting question because he can do a lot of what you're hoping a pair does where he can provide the offense, but he's not, you know, sacrificing any defense as well. Um, and, you know, this isn't a kid that you're going to put on the right side. So you're probably looking at kids that do play the right side. I think him and Brock Faber would be really good. Brock Faber, incredibly mobile elite defensive skill, elite defensive prowess, um, another really good puck mover, decent size, not huge, not tiny, uh, plays hard, plays physical. I think that could be a good pair. I wouldn't necessarily tab them as a shutdown pair per se, but I think Brock Faber could at least alleviate a lot of that um, you know, defensive work for Lambos, and Lambos can spend a little bit more time um, on offense or with a puck on his stick. So I think that could be a really good pair for sure. Um, again, two good skaters. So, um, you know, and two guys who are very good defensively with favor being elite defensively. Um, so that could work out well. Another one you could put there because he is a left shot, but he does play the right side, is I'm looking like at Ryan O'Rourke. And that would be a very mean pairing. They're both very physical. Obviously, Ryan O'Rourke is probably, if you look at the defense pool right now, your most physical, angry, nasty defenseman. Um, You know, not in like a complete mutant type of way where he's just out there to beat the wheels off guys. But he is another kid that is a very good defensive defenseman. He's definitely got a lot more defense than he does offense. There is sneaky offense there. His offense kind of looks like, you know, in transition, uh, getting the puck up the ice making life easy for the forwards. We've said this before. He just kind of plays like a pro. I think he can relax things back there. And again, that frees Carson Lambo's up a little bit, but they both can play with an edge, play physical, and be a punishing pair. So I think those two could be really well. Um, Another thing about O'Rourke as well, as I've said this a thousand times, he actually mostly played on the right side this year. So that's a kid that can play both sides. Um, Another high, high high-end defensive defenseman um, that moves the puck up the ice really well and facilitates offense that way so uh, i think that could be a good pair for sure um and then if you want all chaos it could probably throw him and then throw damon hunt on the right side that would be nuts i think it would be probably not awesome but um it'd be very funny so i think those are two good pairs right there and if i were to pick a third ooh, it's tough because Kalen addison and him together make me nervous Because while Carson Lambos is very good defensively, I think he would be sacrificing a little bit of his offense because Kalen Addison is almost all offense at this point. Um, So I think you kind of take away from Lambos' ability right there. Um, Same thing with Simon Johansson. Simon Johansson's all offense. Maybe like a Kyle Masters. That could be absolute chaos as well. Kyle Masters, super physical, um, has a ton of skill too, really good in transition uh activation from um you know defensive end whether it's with a pass or or, uh you know skating in himself but defensively really good so again you give carson lambos a little bit more um liberty on the ice to do it kind of whatever he wants while masters is handling you know retrieving um you know handling the four check uh doing a lot of the nasty work uh and free up lambos definitely would buy Lambos a whole lot of space on the ice because that's one thing Kyle matches does really well. It just makes um, life easy for everyone else on the ice by, you know, just scanning the play very forward thinking player where if he's passing the puck, that's probably because you are in a grade a position on the ice with tons of space in front of you. So um, that could be another one right there. So we'll go Faber O'Rourke and masters that being said masters is very raw so he's not very close to being a national hockey league player so that would be a long time down the road um where did we go there 1330. how many more we got We've got one more punch cut fade who's your sleeper coming into camp to make a push to stay with the big club not named Beckman, Addison, or Rossi. Ooh, that is a good one. Obviously, those are the three that realistically, they're the only ones who have any kind of a shot, probably, to make the team. Um, you know, but a kid that really did come out of nowhere last year, play really well, um, a kid like, you know, Mitchell Chafee. Um, you know, he came up and got a couple games last year. Uh, I thought he looked fine. Obviously, he wasn't out there, you know, playing on the power play or ton of offensive, you know, looks didn't get to play all that, all that much in terms of like actual minutes. But, um, I thought he fit in the NHL. So I think he proved that, you know, he can at least fit in in small sample sizes. So, you know, who knows if there's an injury to that middle set or, well, probably bottom six, uh, most likely on that fourth line, I think he defends well enough. He's a big kid. He is physical. Um, he doesn't play with fear and he got a lot of offense to him too. I think that could be interesting. So, you know, I could look at a kid like Mitchell Chafee having a shot. Um, another kid that played really well all season long when he was healthy. It also kind of didn't necessarily come out of nowhere. Cause he's, I think he's what is he a Duluth kid, I think. Uh, but a Nick Swainey, Um, he scored a ton of points last season and scored some ridiculous goals. Um, also showed that he's defensively responsible as well. Uh, they resigned him. So, those are probably two of the only guys that you could pretend like they have a chance of making the team out of camp. If there's like a lot of injuries, but um, maybe him and maybe Mason Shaw, but who knows? Those are probably guys that are challenging for spots to get call-ups. So, um, you know, if you have injuries throughout the lineup in camp or right before camp or beginning of the year, those would be guys to look at. But I guess the number one sleeper would probably be a kid like Mitchell Chafee kid who's played before. Um, who has had a couple looks, looked fine, um, and has been trending upwards. So he's also right around that time where, you know, if he's going to make it, he's going to make it. So just with his age, but um, I'll say Mitchell Chafee. Let's see. I could probably do one more here. We're only at 22 minutes. Kind of crazy doing these so short. Mm hmm. That was a very weird noise. Let's see. Um, all right. Max sent three in. So we'll do one of Max's. Seems like we got way too many D prospects. With Lambos, Addison, Faber, Hunt, O'Rourke, and Peart. We uh, we now know it's Peart and not Pert. All being one to three years away, what WTF are we going to do yours truly archibald nutsniff that's nice uh, um ah, tell you what uh i typed that out and i forgot and i just didn't see that coming archibald mr nutsniff um well you can't really have too many defensive prospects again not all these kids are going to play NHL games, not all these kids are going to play NHL games with the Minnesota Wild. So, you know, first of all, kids develop differently. So in terms of defensemen, like I've said this a thousand, you can't have too many because when you don't have any, it sucks and you feel it. And with the way that the league's going now, if you don't have good defensive prospects or good defensemen on your team, you get fucking torched uh, by McJesus 12 times a year. Um, So you can never have too many. And you can always have that youth wave. Now you never know how kids are going to develop. Right. So there's a there could be a world where, you know, something happens with a Lambos or an Addison, a favorite, a hunt, whatever. And they just for whatever reason never make it. But you have guys that you've drafted like Marshall Warren and Kyle Masters, or you know, some of those guys who maybe they pop up out of nowhere, maybe they have a late development curve. That just happens. So now the the kind of the freedom you give yourself here is there are kids that are obviously more ready than not um number one you obviously have trade chips so you know with all those kids having very good value being very well thought of you know you've always got um you know things to deal with you got chips right so there you go on that front um but along with that like you can't really know how they're gonna develop and a lot of them play very different games so you kind of so like what do you what are we gonna do we're gonna let them develop and we're going to let them play and we're going to see how it plays out. We're going to see who fits in, who makes it. We're going to see who, you know, you're comfortable with, you know, parting ways with or who you feel comfortable adding into to a trade for a trade chip or maybe you want more draft picks or maybe you want another center. All these guys have really good reputations, so you've got some, some capital on that front. Um but yeah, there are a lot And I mean, there are a lot of kids that in this pool, like there's more than six that project to develop at some point to be good enough hockey players to play in the National Hockey League. So it's a good problem to have. But the answer is you kind of let them develop. You see how things pan out for them. Um, And, you know, the kids that develop better than everyone else, you're going to keep them and you're going to play them. Um, And the other ones will either not signed or you use as trade chips. So um, again, you'd rather have more than less, but um, you know, I think it is good now to have the wherewithal that not all these kids who, you know, whether you see a video or a clip of them doing something really cool in a game or uh, you know, high, highlight real play that there's a scenario where not all of them end up playing for the Minnesota wild or um, and you know, the cases with some of them realistically, they're not going to play national hockey league games. So, but that's what you do. You let them develop. You thank you. You say thank you to Judd Brack for drafting a bunch of studs. Um, and you just win hockey games because your prospect pool is so deep. And they eventually they become full time NHL players and they're better than everybody. So, so that's what you do. All right. All right. Um, so that's where I'm going to cut it off for now. The rest of the questions, I promise, you know, hey, we've said this before. I'm not going to forget about them. I'm not going to not get to them um i will answer every single one on the next episode plus ones that come in and we'll talk about more stuff like hovinov couple draft picks um i kind of want to spend some time talking about this fucking reger lorenz that they drafted in the second round this year i've been watching a whole lot of his games and i am a big fan of him um be on the lookout for that kid on to denver next year um But next week, we'll we'll do a full podcast. Like I said before, prepare for a different day uh, for these to drop. Not sure when that is, but um, it'll happen. And other than that, folks, you take care. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next week.